Today's guest is a very well-known musician for making some amazing music. He was actually uh, a guitar player of the year, I believe. Just a phenomenal musician. And most of his music up until this point has been instrumental, but he's coming out with a fantastic vocal album. I've had a chance to listen to it, and I'm excited. So today's guest, Mark Cruz, will join us in just a minute on the Manlyhood Mancast. Men, this is your chance to strive for greatness, to be all you can be, to make your mark on history, your chance to improve and sharpen yourself, to grapple with your weaknesses and turn them into strength. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast with Josh Hatch. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. Listen, this is a movement. This isn't just a podcast where Josh Hatcher talks about the things he's interested in. This is a movement of men who are saying, I'm going to become a better man. I want to learn from other men. I want to help invest in other men, and I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I want to link arms with brothers who are willing to fight and to encourage and to teach and equip each other. That's what we're doing here at Manlyhood. And I'm grateful for you guys to be a part of that. So please help continue to be a part of it by leaving a rating and review on your podcast platforms, by sharing the videos, by liking it, by sharing this with somebody who really needs to hear it. Uh, today's guest is a friend of mine. I, I He came to visit uh, the area that I live in several years ago, probably over 10 years ago, uh, to perform a concert. And I've just stayed in touch with him and... I've, uh, he's been on the podcast before. We had a really awesome interview before he came through. We actually recorded it in my living room. Uh, it was last season actually. And, and now he's putting out a vocal album and it's, it's fantastic. I love this kind of music. I love, uh, the way he tells stories. I love everything about what Mark Cruz does. And I'm grateful to have him on the show today. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Mark, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. Great to have you on again, man. How's it going? Thanks a lot, Josh. Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. It's a uh, dreary day in Florida, but I, I probably shouldn't be complaining <laughs> because I'm still in Florida. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good life. You know, I'm uh, I'm getting ready to go on the road uh, for a Christmas tour in a couple of weeks where I'll be doing a Christmas show as the guest artist for a church in North Carolina and um, also playing, uh, doing some Sunday mornings at some other churches, playing and speaking. And I believe I'll also be going out to Kentucky for a couple of concerts after that. So I'll be away for about three weeks. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hit the road again, uh, but just a lot of... Uh, just Yeah, last time that we talked, you were everything. on the road... And you stopped here in Pennsylvania. You actually stayed with us, and we actually were able to record a podcast like in house, in person, which was my first in person podcast, which was kind of fun. So, uh, but yeah, man. So Florida is Florida, and uh, I got to go to Florida for the first time this summer. And uh, yeah, you can keep it, man. You can keep it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you came during the summer? 
Oh. Uh, it was you July. It was really summer, hot. Josh, it was what really month? Hot. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's, it really is. It's horrible here during July and August. We've been living here since the beginning of the pandemic. We got stuck down here. Um, what we had been doing was uh, my wife and I, we were on the road full time for two years without a house, without an apartment. We kept a storage unit in North Carolina where we'd been living before. And prior to the pandemic, we had booked an Airbnb in the Orlando area. And we were just going to vacation here and uh, see Nora's family and hang out uh, for a month. And then that month turned into a year because of the pandemic. Uh, we were at that Airbnb and then we we eventually said, OK, I, I don't think we're leaving. We're, we're, we found that we really liked it. We really liked Central Florida. Um, but it was uh, it, it's it's two months out of the year that you just <laughs> don't want to be here. And that's July and August. Uh, and being from Michigan, I can tell you there are five to six months right. out of the year in Michigan <laughs> that you don't want to be in Michigan. You know, like so uh, to me every all the rest of the time is wonderful in florida even june believe it or not even june wasn't even that bad this year um okay. but yeah try give it another shot like I, give it another shot I had on my, it's it's awesome down i had here. on my bucket like, list that i wanted to see an it alligator, really really and is. so my wife said okay well let's go to Gatorland, and i got to see like so many alligators and i'm sure yeah like they weren't in the wild but uh that was pretty cool so it's amazing dude like like I rarely find somebody that is That's as enthused part. about the alligators as I am. Like, dude, it, it's <laughs> like everybody else is like, what's wrong with you, Mark? Like, it's a, <laughs> it's a big you. reptile. I'm like, yeah, it's a big reptile. You know, it's a murder puppy. like it's <laughs> and my, my favorite thing about them. Yeah, my favorite. Well, so like we've got them right here in the neighborhood. You know, we live in a 55 plus community. It's a long story of how we were able to, to get our place here. Um, but it, uh, it like they're, they're just here. Like the alligators are here. And my favorite thing is like what I think that just fascinates me about them. is We can't do anything about them. You can't do anything about them. Like, like, sure. Like if one gets too big, someone they'll come along and the authorities will come along and kill it. But that's like one of like several you know, like you just, if the, sometimes like the streets will flood in Gainesville and that, there are a lot of alligators in Gainesville and there'll, there'll just be alligators in the road and they can't do anything about them. Like it, they're, they were here before us. Like, what are you going to do? And it's just kind of this fun, like surrender of like, let's find out what people do, you know, like. No, nope. it's, it's the it same thing here with black bears. I'm a weirdo. Um, we had a guy from St. Louis. Oh, they're also in Florida. Oh, we have those yeah, yeah. too. They're also We, we had a, a, a guy come uh, to do a music festival from uh, uh, St. Louis, and he was, this, he was a rapper, and he just like was, he's, you know, grew up in the city, lived in the city his whole life, and he's driving along, and he sees the bear crossing sign, and he's like, what is that? And then I told him that right beat on the – there, there's like a dumpster near the stage where he was playing. And I told him that like two days ago, I saw a giant black bear getting into that dumpster. So the whole time he was rapping on the stage, he's looking behind him because he's expecting the bear to join him. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the craziness of wildlife. You know, you, you never see them here. Like I, I, I've seen maybe five bears in my life and only maybe two of them have been in Florida. Like, 
they're yeah. just like the alligators they're rarely a problem you know they're rarely like actually a big problem like like hurting people and everything and it does happen um but in my experience with the alligators most of the time stay 20 feet away from the big ones you know but most of the time they'll they they don't want to have anything to do with you you know they jump into the water but yeah, i'm really like glad you got to see man. several it was alligators awesome. while you were here awesome. man, that's a cool it, place yeah it's nuts it's yeah. absolutely yeah it was awesome nuts. anyway really, really cool. <laughs> florida and alligators and black bears so but what we're what we really have you on today to talk about dude is this new album this is uh First of all, I hate the fanboy here, but like I am, you know, I've been a Mark Cruz fan since the first time that you came to town. And, uh, you know, we listen to your music all the time and I love it and it's good stuff. And whenever the first time that you came, I mean, gosh, it must have been over 10 years ago, you sang a song and you said, Hey, I've started writing some vocal songs because mm -hmm. forever you've been known as the double neck acoustic guitar player who's doing stuff that nobody should do on an acoustic guitar that nobody can do. And I was, I've just been waiting for 10 years to hear this, this vocal album. So this is awesome. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate that, man. Um, you know, and I've told you, you know, a few times, just like over the past couple months of us, us talking about doing this interview that uh, this is like kind of what my heart has been in for a very, very long time. And, um, I I actually, you know, I, I still love the instrumental guitar music that I've been doing, and I've been very, very grateful for it. I, I started to resent it at a point because the amount of time that I had to put into the, the music that I've been doing for so long felt like it kept me from doing this music that my heart was really, really in, you know, the stuff that the, this vocal album. And, you know, it took me six years to finish this vocal album from the time we started. It was uh, the end of 2017. We recorded the drums in Richmond, Virginia. And then I just let the album sit while I toured with, you know, with instrumental guitar music. Um, and it's been really cool to see how like as I'm kind of following these dreams and everything of of doing the music that I really want to do uh how much like that resentment has really started to lift from from the music that I I'm gonna say quote unquote have to do but uh, like I hate to say that I'm I'm blessed to get to play music it's like it's like you know somebody's hearing this interview and he's like wow what an ungrateful what an ungrateful <laughs> guitarist that gets to play music for a living and it, you know it's like it's like um but there was a lot of um there was a lot of my you know kind of my false self that I really got wrapped up in for several years there of uh you know, I had a big, big viral video in 2013, uh, Dueling Banjos, and it got me, you know, it got me a fair bit of success in the music business. It was really, really a very big blessing. But um, I always know that, you know, I probably talked about it last time, like my, the, the big root to my own ego is the, just the, uh, the, the uh, validation, you know, validation from others of like you know being loved you know i mean everybody at their core the core of their ego they they want to be enough you know every ever everybody at the core of themselves wants to be enough but um uh starting to you know really believe that that you're enough based on what other people tell you um can be uh can be really really detrimental um so this getting this album out has just been 
really, really good for me just in terms of, I think, really becoming myself uh, in a way, like really learning who I am um, and learning who I am out, outside of the validation of others. Because, you know, I mean, people see the guitar playing and like, even if they don't like it, like, even if they don't like the guitar playing, like people see it, they're like, oh, I mean, like they can't argue. Like I've, I've honed my craft with that. I have. Uh, I've been doing it for 25 years. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at the guitar playing and everything. So nobody, nobody talks crap. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you get the occasional troll on YouTube and everything. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're, you know, behind the mask of the, com you know, the computer screen and that kind of stuff. Uh, but with this project, Mark Cruz on the Forest Floor, this vocal album, it's not about, there's nothing in it that, that is about being the best. I'm not the best singer. <laughs> I mean, my voice is, <laughs> it's fine. It gets the job done. I like it. But it's kind of the first project that I've done where, objectively speaking, I, I, not, I know not everybody's going to like this. You know, not everybody's going to like this. And there's a part of me where that that was kind of tough to wrap to to be okay with i think and kind of coming to terms with that it's you know it's facing a fear uh you know uh there's you know uh quote i i don't remember who the quote is from but the idea that everything you want in life is on the other side of fear um and for me you know to face the fear of putting out music that oh no somebody might not like it or maybe a lot of people might not like it or maybe even most people might not like it i don't know um but something that my heart like is really really in you know really vulnerable and i mean you you've heard the songs they're very very vulnerable songs really talking about you know myself my feelings the stuff that i've been through um and putting out there or and just saying hey you know, do what you want with it. I, you know, like it or don't like it. It's me or, yeah. well, it's, well, a, I it's a representation of me. Not feed the ego. Right. But I want to tell you that I love it, dude. Like I love it because it's authentic. <laughs> it's real. The music is like when you turn on uh, the radio and you hear a song and you're like, there's no way the person that, that is singing this song means the things they're singing about. Right. They probably didn't even write them. They were probably written by AI, mm -hmm. you know, and then the music is. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, and so, I mean, some of it's good, you know, I, a lot of us musicians have to accept that, uh, you know, the AI is going to get better at us than everything. It's going to become a better guitar player than me. It's going to become a better lyric writer than me. And the thing I, the thing I love doing the most is writing lyrics and, um, but it's, it's not going to be me, you know what I mean? And it's not going to be you, you know, yeah. like, it, no, you, no, it's all good. But anyway, but the point is, anyway, though, is, is that it's authentic. And I think, you know, the, the AI thing could be an interesting side discussion we might have, but I think that as those things happen, as things become more, uh, influenced by the digital, right? Not an actual human brain. I think we're all going to be craving more of, I mean, that, that's the thing that to me explains like, Coulter Wall and Tyler Childers and uh, the Red Clay Strays, which, by the way, I, I sent you. Uh, I said you guys have you have to check out mm -hmm. the Red Clay Strays. But I said straws, and I realized I've been calling them the Red Clay Straws for like uh, you know six months, not realizing that I was just reading it wrong. <laughs> 
But people, yeah, yeah. I I had a similar kind of thing with an alt country band. One of my favorite bands is uh, Lucero from from Memphis, Tennessee. And for the first <laughs> few years of listening to him, I called him Lucero, and I was like. I would somebody said, <laughs> said Lucero. I was like, "Oh gosh, that's 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 what they're yeah, called." My, uh, they're like my, my band. The, the AI in my brain didn't didn't recognize that it was <laughs> a W and not a Y, or it was a Y. Anyway, but my point though is, I think people are craving yeah. that authenticity. I think I think we're at a time culturally where I think that we're going to see a shift where people want to know, "Hey, this is somebody's heart." on a page or this is somebody's heart in the music and I can appreciate that. I think people want that more. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I am with that, but I hope beyond hope, Josh, that you're right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, as, as people in the arts, you know, I mean, I, I certainly hope you consider your podcast to be art because you, you put so much of your heart into it. It, it certainly looks like art to me. You know, people in the arts, I think I think there's a tendency with all of us, you know, in, in our capitalist world to look at what's going on with AI and be like, man, what if they used AI to do all the jobs that nobody wants to do instead of take it, you know, instead of, <laughs> instead of being like, teach it to write a song, you know, no, no, teach it to teach it to do the stuff that you don't want to do at your retail job so you can just get paid and you can write a song you know like but but anyway you know that's the constant rant inside of i think a lot of our us musicians us artists heads but i like to think i like to think that you're right i think that humans i don't i don't swear um uh publicly usually um i i i think that humans have a very good bullshit detector um and I think that, I mean, I, I feel like I do. I feel like I can tell when somebody's not being genuine. Not when they're not, we're not talking about lying. You know, we're not talking about lying. I think we're just talking about people not being themselves. Um, and to me, I know that for myself, I spent, I've spent a lot of time lying to myself in my life. I've spent a lot of time not being genuine with myself. Um, you know, if we go back to the ego, the ego is all about the stories that we tell ourselves. And um, it, through the past couple of years of really, you know, really getting to know myself better, uh, being vulnerable with myself, being genuine with myself, it's something I think I value beyond kind of beyond anything else is that, you know, that people be genuine, you know, really finding friendships that are that are truly genuine amongst people is like, is absolutely invaluable. I would put it at the absolute top of my priority list. Um, so to see that in music, um, I, I do like to think that people are really gonna appreciate that. Um, I like to think that, you know, I like to think that live performance, especially um, as much as, yeah, so I'm, 40, I'm, Josh, I'm, I'm so I'm 45, but I've been telling everybody for six months that I'm 46, but my wife corrected me. <laughs> Talk about lying to yourself, right? No idea. I don't know. I think once you get past 40, you lose track, but I think it's the same thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that too. They, they'll say think, like the next, I think year. I did that at I 35 too. I think I was 36 we'll for that. half of that year too, but I'm 45. Yeah. 
Well, I'm, I, I was going to say, you know, at 37 and, and I toured a lot, you know, I toured a lot for 10 years, one year, 2018, we played 130 shows. Um, I don't, I'd be fine never playing 130 shows in a year again, I think. Um, but I also love it. Like there's, you know, playing concerts is right up there on top of my priority list as far as things that I enjoy. And it used to be the only thing I enjoyed. It used to be the only thing that brought me validation, that brought me, that really made me feel good about myself was playing guitar for people, knowing that I did a good job, knowing that I connected with people. And during the pandemic, when that wasn't there anymore, um, I learned how to connect with people and how to connect with myself without playing concerts anymore. Um, and that was really big for me. I really, I, I learned, I found that I didn't need that validation anymore. And so, you know, playing concerts went from, this is my number one priority to, well, I don't have to do it. I actually don't feel like I have to do it to feel good about myself, to be happy, to not be depressed. Um, but I still love to do it. Now that said is my kind of roundabout way of saying I'm getting tired on the road a lot faster at 37 than I did at 27, dude. You know, I definitely am, but I'm also finding that like with the whole, the whole AI thing with all of that, with, um, with, you know, the pressure of, you know, uh, what is it? I think at least 20,000, somewhere between 20,000 and 100,000 songs are released on Spotify every day. Like, is that really a business that you want to rely on? You know, like as an artist, it's just like, uh, uh, it, and, you know, we're talking, what, a uh, third of a cent per stream, that kind of thing. And we can gripe as artists, we can gripe all day about it and stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it's more about take a look at the business and ask yourself, is that a business that you really want to be sinking all of your time and effort into? So everything that I've kind of been feeling like God has been pushing me toward lately has has been more in terms of live performance, actually. I I plan to play several concerts next year you know i plan to do more of that and um and i'm excited about it you know i'm excited to take these new songs and uh, um this project and i'm looking to kind of integrate it with what i've been doing for a long time because i mean you've heard the album this new vocal album is completely different from anything that i've done before like it's like, like you've got you know slow pretty beautiful whatever instrumental guitar music and then mark with his all country whatever this is with the mark cruz and the forest floor thing so what does a concert look like of that it's like here's now time for something totally different so i, I get in my head about it um, and I don't really, I've, I've done it a little bit. Like you said, you've heard me sing in concert and everything, but it's not usually the reason that people bring me in. Um, and it, it's just, it'll be interesting, hopefully fun, probably a little uncomfortable to kind of explore that. Yeah, I can see where that would be, you know, when, when you've, you've worked really hard to become the best at something, right? And you're good at it and you know you're good at it, which is not wrong. Right. To have that kind of I, I hate the word pride. Right. Because mm -hmm. pride means so many different things. Right? Like pride is bad if you're mm -hmm. 
inflated and think more highly of yourself than you are. But pride is good when you can look at what you've done and say, I've done a good job and to be okay with that. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, I, I consider it confidence. Um, and I consider it just kind of like this objective kind of thing of, I've been doing it for 25 years. I better be good at it. Right. It's more of a, like, if I'm not good at it, then there's by now I should certainly be doing something different, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, um, yeah. And it's not like I haven't had help to get there. You know what I mean? Like I've had a lot of people I've had, you know, you know, the big man and just like, it's been a lot of help. To and get now you're there. saying, I certainly haven't oh, done it on here's the, the, all the feelings and thoughts that I've had now spilled out into words that I'm actually going to sing for you. And I don't know if you're going to like it or not. Like that would be a challenge, dude. So that's, I think it's awesome that you're doing it. You know, I think, like I said, I don't, I, I don't want to fanboy and I don't want to talk you up in a way that, you know, that, that strokes your ego. Okay. But I will tell you the music is good and I think people are going to like it. So, you know, I think that, I think that as, as you, as you pursue this, I think people are going to resonate man. with it. I think I that, appreciate uh, that the songs I know as I was listening to it, I'm like, Oh man, this one is really good. Um, and then the next one would play. And I'm like, this one is really good. <laughs> so maybe I could ask you a couple of questions about a couple of the songs, uh, to get the backstory. So, uh, now this one I've yeah, heard in definitely. concert because you've played it. And so when I, w- when it was on the album, I'm like, this is great. Uh, and I know you released it early on Spotify and that's great wife shark. What's the story here, dude? What's this all about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that's one of the oldest songs on the album. Um, I wrote it. Uh, I wrote it when my wife and I were getting ready to move. We so we we live in Florida now. We lived in Florida when we first got married, but it was out on the beach. And I'm not that much of a beach person. I really prefer Central Florida here, here like in the Orlando area, where we have you know alligators. Um, but, uh, we lived on the beach and I, I didn't really like it out there very much. You know, like I, I, everything kind of looked the same. It it takes about, you know, 12 miles of horrible driving to get out of the beach area. And there's, there's no, there's no beach. Once you leave the beach, you're just in the beach area and everything. And so we moved up to Charlotte and it was kind of about the move. And it was, um, you know, I knew that there was some kind of like guilt in there, a little bit of. Uh, her her family lives down here, but we we moved up there. We moved up to North Carolina for my job, so that I could be um, the the touring. Uh, so much of my circuit was in the upper southeast. I had so many churches in my circuit. I had like four churches in Florida. I've only ever played maybe five or six churches in Florida, ever. Um, and not to mention you're on a peninsula in Florida. So a- anyway, anyway, we moved up to Charlotte. Um, and it was about, I, I'll i usually say that that song is about uh, getting past the things in our lives that keep us from loving one another. Um, and uh, my wife, Nora, you know, she's been, she's really been one of my greatest teachers in that regard. Um, I think that love, I think that, if we define the word love, I, I really like, uh, I think I got it from Eckhart Tolle, the definition of love of seeing God in another person. You know, if you can reckon, you know, I mean, and that doesn't have to be like super woo woo or anything like, um, I mean, we talk about God being everywhere. We talk about God being, um, 
uh, uh, everywhere, all powerful. And if he's everywhere, if he's in this keyboard next to me, if he's in the tree outside, then he's also with me and within me. And then he's also within you. And so I think that when we can see God in another person, um, so, you know, the lyrics, uh, that chorus are, um, you know, you taught me to love and my father taught me to swim. Um, you know, the, the, my wife has truly been, uh, one of the people in my life to, to get me to see life from a different perspective, to get me to see God in others To Um, I thought I didn't like people for a long time. You know, and you've—I mean, you know—you've met me. You—I mean, I, I assume, I assume that I come across as about the most extroverted extrovert. I don't—you never know how you come across. You know what I mean? But I, I know what a mask that was for me for a long time. And it's not that I didn't enjoy being around people. I enjoyed the concerts, but I was often. I was often very, um, I was often very wrapped up in myself and I didn't really think that I liked people, but I really found that I didn't like myself, <laughs> you know, that's really kind of, kind of what it was. And so back to, you know, the idea of love and learning to love and accept yourself. I, I think you've got to really learn to love and accept yourself before you can learn to love and accept others and that you know the acceptance part of love love and acceptance of tolerance of letting people be who they are if somebody annoys the crap out of you to be able to be conscious of that to be able to be present of that and to be able to let that person be themselves without you know without trying to change them um you know while still being you and navigating those waters is so being human is that messy, right there is you know? definitely the um, the theme of marriage i think in general right like that and i think guys do it but i know women do it too <laughs> especially women do it they just don't like to admit they do it but that uh in that in, you know you see this person that you love that you care about right and there's these things in them that are problems that you can see that maybe have a very simple solution, right? And you're like, man, I, I just got to fix that. I just got to fix that about that person. You, just, you know, if I just tell them mm. how wrong yeah. they are. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, I think that's something that my wife and I actually have recently been working through is just learning that would I love her if she never changed? And you know, would she still love me if I never changed? And I think that is, is a very powerful, very powerful uh, question to ask yourself when you're in those situations. So as we're talking about it, they just kind of came up and made sense to kind of bring it. I know I, and I dude, like that's, that's spot on because like, not everybody is vulnerable with you. You know what I mean? Like, your your spouse your partner is probably the most intimate relationship that you'll have and if you look at that and it's i think i think our generation is i think i think our generation and younger has gotten pretty 
like I think it's become a little bit more commonplace to recognize, hey, I've got to be vulnerable with my my spouse. Um, and this isn't to pick on the, the baby boomer generation or anything. It's just this has been part of our culture. But if the further we go back, I, I mean, you see some people that have really they have never truly been vulnerable with their spouse, their spouse, dude, like, have they ever been vulnerable with anybody, you know? Um, and so within that vulnerability, there's a little bit more consent in the sense of call me out, you know, can you, can you go to your partner and ask them to call you out on your, on your crap, you know, like, can you, can you be conscious? Can you be present enough in recognizing that you have a thing? Cause if you see it, like if you see it in your partner, there's a good chance they're aware of it. They probably don't want to face it. Cause who wants to face that? But like to be able to have those kinds of conversations with another person and to say, hey, can you call, like when you see those kinds of things, when, when a person sees those kinds of things in their spouse, can they then go to their spouse and say, hey, I recognize I have things too. You know, I have things too. Can we make an agreement to lovingly, to, <laughs> keyword lovingly, uh, call each other out on our stuff and have these kinds of talks? Um, a few, <laughs> we haven't kept up with this. And my wife is probably hearing this entire uh, conversation <laughs> through the wall. So we'll, we'll probably talk about this afterwards. But um, uh, my wife's name is, is Nora, by the way. Um, and Josh, you've met Nora. That's, that's more for, uh, for your viewers and listeners. Um, but we, this is a few months ago, we had agreed to do uh, what we called midterms. And that makes it sound like a test. We probably shouldn't have called it midterms. But a midweek discussion of just how we're doing as a couple, you know, because we've been married for uh, 10 years now. Um, and so, you know, 10 years into marriage, you know, like and we we've always been I, I mean, we're a cutesy couple, you know, I mean, you've seen us on the road, Josh, like and we do travel really, really well together. Like but we go to a concert. It's, it's about as much Nora's concert as my concert. You know, I mean, she's on stage as much as I am. And so, but obviously over 10 years, you're going to have some disagreements. You're going to, if especially, especially if you're going to grow as people, as individuals and grow together, it's going to be messy. Like human growth is messy. It's just the way it is. You know, people are, we've got all these feelings and everything and um, like to be able to lovingly approach the other person and see, you know, the, what you had said of when you see something uh, within that person that they could really work on, how do you approach it? And I, I mean, I think my answer to it is to recognize, recognize if recognize that there are things within yourself that they might see. And so that's like the easiest way to, I think, bring it up is to say, hey, I know that there are probably some things within me that you see that I could work on. Can we have a discussion as to what those might be? Because and I, I have some things for you as well. And to make that a part 
of your communication with your spouse. Um, and uh, I, I think, I honestly, I almost kind of think it's the only way to grow together. Like, because if you don't grow to get, you're going to grow. I think you're going to grow because if you don't grow, you're going to die. You know, like uh, it's a, I, I, the first person I heard it from was Rob Bell, this, this concept of if you're not growing, you're dying. If you look at nature, if you look at a tree, it's either growing or it's dying. And so your marriage can do the same thing. You know, your marriage can either be growing or it can be dying. And that's, that can often be the people growing apart instead of growing together. Um, but I, I think that within marriage, growing together. So you talk to about midterms, which reminds me of something that I got to ask you about this question. I wanted to see what you think about it. So, um, and I know that it's been this way in my marriage and I've talked to several other guys and it's the same kind of response. So it's midterms, right? Now, if you were to ask the question, can you give our relationship a letter grade? You know, and have you ever noticed that guys are always like, oh, we're like a B plus. <laughs> And girls are always like, it's like a C minus, like always, always. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a mistake, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't do it. Like, just because we called it midterms does not mean you want to give it a letter grade. Don't like, that's it's, just, you're the, just asking for No matter how you great that, you think dude. it is, like, they always see room for improvement. I mean, I, I think that I, I would True. argue that there always is room for improvement. You know, I would argue that there always is room for improvement. It would be very interesting. You know, it would be very, very interesting Let's do it. to pull Nora Let's in. Let's do it. Call Nora in. You know, Call Nora in and ask her that question. question. Let's find out. On the spot. <laughs> you don't have to do I don't. No, I'm not. I'm not going. She doesn't to, want to be on the spot. Like, just pulling her in on camera is not Nora's thing. That is not Nora's kiss. And, and knowing that kind of thing, gentlemen, knowing that kind of thing is really good for your marriage. She actually just sent me a text message on my computer that said, nope. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, knowing that kind of thing is like, is, is, you know, um, you know, one thing while we were talking there, Josh, one thing that came to mind, and maybe we talked about this last time because um, because I'm such a big fan of yeah. it. Are Are you familiar with the Enneagram? So it got really big in a lot of the Christian circles. Um, I don't know about five years ago. It got huge. Ian Morgan Crone's book, uh, "The Road Back to You," um, just like it ended. It popped up in a lot of Christian book groups of like, find out what Enneagram number you are, and it's a personality typing system. Uh, numbers one through nine and there's some great things about it there's some things that people can get uh, obsessive about it they can get, uh, some people like it some people don't but it's cool to study because for me at the age of like 32 I found out that not everybody thinks the same and I found out that my wife thinks very differently from the way that I think and that was mind blowing for me. I had no idea that, you know, not everybody thought the same. Uh, not everybody prioritizes the same things. You know, I told you earlier in the conversation that, you know, my, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest route to, 
to my own ego is, you know, validation, the need for validation. And so when I became a guitarist, uh, I didn't become a guitarist because I wanted to, you know, get rich or because I wanted, you know, uh, whatever, uh, you know, uh, the sex, drugs and rock and roll thing. I wanted to be famous, though. Like that was that was a big thing for me. And I remember in college when I <laughs> I talked to my roommate, who is to this day one of the best guitar players I ever know, I've ever met. His name's Andrew Maronowski. He's absolutely amazing. And when I found out he didn't want to get famous, I was like, what? Like, it was mind blowing to me. Like, and that, that's that's kind of the first time that I like kind of found you know, that, that idea that people don't think the same. But if you can learn uh, a little bit about, um, if you can learn a little bit about the way that other people think, if you can learn a little bit about the way that your loved ones think, then you can learn a little bit more about their needs. And for a person to have their needs met, is huge like if that's not on their priority list and frankly it's probably not on a lot of people's priority lists frank like 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 really if we look at it um but for people to have their needs met and for you to be able to help meet the needs of your partner oh my gosh dude like that's that's absolutely huge you know when um, you know, when you find out, you know, like if, if your partner, you know, just something as simple as finding out that your partner isn't a morning person, you know, and they've been trying to keep up with you being a morning person for a long time. Like, that's a very, very simple, simple example. Um, but like, or, oh, this is fun. We, um, we talked about like, you know, when you see a problem, you want to fix it. I think that's a very, that's a very male thing to do. That's a very, that's the very masculine thing to do is we see a problem. We're like, Hey, I want to fix this. Well, you know, I've found that if my wife and I have a disagreement, I immediately want to fix it. Like I want to talk it out. Let's talk this out. Let's hammer this out and everything until it's fixed and we're good. My wife needs a second to process things. My wife might need a day to process things. I didn't know that for about the first four years of our marriage, you know? Um, and so finding that out, you know, and that was something, that was something I found out with the Enneagram. That was one of the biggest things uh, of like, you know, if we disagree on something, like um, I'm, I'm going to give her a second actually, like, and it's all good. And uh, it's uncomfortable at first. Oh, he you know, heaven forbid we be uncomfortable or anything like that. Um, but, uh, that resistance, that resistance to discomfort is something that I, I generally actually think that the more you can lean into that resistance to discomfort, meaning lean into the discomfort of, of things that are outside of your comfort zone. Ooh, like, I, I really think that's where you grow. And I, I think that's where you really progress in life. It, it kind of comes back to that idea that the things you want in life are Excellent. are often on the other side of fear. So Mark, you said something in that conversation when you were talking about that motivation to be famous, right? You know, and you, you picked up the guitar cause that's what you wanted. It reminded me of a line in one of your new songs. 
uh, it's in the dirt in the pine. You said just because you put a guitar in his hand doesn't make him a man. And and earlier in the song was kind of hinting at, you know, playing the guitar because, you know, guys are playing the guitar because they know what the girls want to hear. You know, well, let's talk about that song. What, what, what all are you saying there? Yeah. Man? Yeah. So that, uh, you know, my wife and I met, uh, I was playing in a bar, you know, in, um, in Florida. That song is a lot about, you know, gosh, all the songs are really about my wife on the album. That's really kind of what the whole album is about. Um, but it, uh, the, the album is, re it's really about my own personal growth, you know, over, you know, kind of through my mid twenties, um, and, and into my mid thirties. Um, but that song in particular, uh, the dirt and the pine, um, was about, you know, I think being a man, you know, being, being a young man, uh, you know, about the age of uh you know 27 or so i think i was 26 when nora and i met and uh in my you know i think my own intentions of just kind of where and where i was at that point in my life um of you know self-discovery i was single for the first time in eight years you know i'd been in a very very long relationship before that and i was uh i was single and I was awkward and I was, you know, and I was finding myself uh, it, it just in a very, um, I, I didn't know what I wanted, you know, I didn't know what I wanted out of life. And, you know, when I met Nora, we, um, uh, you know, we really, really hit it off. I'd really had a lot of trouble connecting with people in that year with anybody. And, you know, we just, we really hit it off. We really fell in love and, um we got married four months later um and it was uh it was it was funny because i'd always like look at that and i'd be like if i were to give advice to anybody about you know like marrying somebody after you meet them like four months later I'd be like, like like if if i were to tell if i were to go back in time and tell myself you know a week before i met nora hey you're gonna meet this girl in a week and you're going to marry her in four months and it's going to be the best decision of your life. I'd be like, hell no, I'm not going to that bar. You know, like I'm not, I know I'm not going to do that and stuff, but you know, it's like, I kind of come back to when, you know, sometimes when you know, you know, and um, it was something where there was no fear going into it. I think that that can be a real, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that that's always, I don't know that that's always like your, um, the the best like uh guidance system but there have been very few things that i've done in life that have been big decisions and then there and there's been no fear going into it um and a lot of those ones that i had a lot of fear going into were also really good decisions because i pushed myself outside of my comfort zone you know things like that but there was something very there was something interesting about like about us you know when we got married and we were just like nope this is right like this is right we just truly truly felt uh that way and um i'm i'm really really grateful awesome. that we, I love that story, that we went forward with that yeah I, I think when i first met you you were Thank actually you, just working through that breakup from your relationship before yeah it's it's possible um either that or i was i, I might have actually i came to open yeah. arms for the first time pretty early on in my career so I might have still been in that relationship, but um, there, yeah, there's a very good chance that, um, you know, you're in an eight year relationship. Yeah. It's going to take a second 
to kind of get past that to, you know, when you find yourself uh, single for the first time at, you know, the age of 25, like what, like, who am I? Who the heck am I at that point? Um, So that's a lot of kind of what that song is about. And um, I think the way that God, God brings people together and um, I think really causes things to work together for good and, how Mark, what learn would you say, another. and this this might be a loaded question, but what would you say is your favorite song on this new album? I really like Great Wife Shark. Um, I I love Starters Tend to Fail, which is the first song. Um, like, I absolutely love that song. I'm really glad it's the first song. The guitar solo in it is my favorite guitar solo I've ever played. Um and you know that song, uh, it 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 begins with um, uh, it, it a lot of the album is there's kind of this underlying vibe of kind of me being sick. Um, you know, we thought I had Lyme disease for a long time. I was mostly, I think, I was mostly just tired from being on the road. But about the time the uh, the pandemic came around, my body was just shutting down, man. Like I was just, you know, we touring for 10 years and uh just yeah um and so the album kind of starts with you know the scene you know the scene in the kitchen of of me just you know just being sick um it actually kind of sounds like i'm drunk but uh but the the way i wrote it but it's it's more just just not feeling well and um just kind of working through that and uh learning to embrace life and learning to embrace life whatever it throws at you the words of the chorus are the way we love the way we lose the way the heart knows every line and it falls apart like hearts will do but i choose it every time um yeah and like to to you know take the take the downs with the ups you know take the the bad with the good and to really really learn to embrace it you know that life isn't just something to get through that it's really something to mm, to embrace good. and something to live. Good stuff, man. I love it. Yeah, I I appreciate that you sent me the pre-release copy because I'll be listening to it on repeat for like the next six months, which stinks because you won't be getting that three cents a stream. Well, thank you, man. Hey, when it comes out, when it's actually out, make, make yes. when it's actually out, make sure to switch over to Spotify because that does, or whatever streaming right. service you use, because right. that does help me in the algorithm and everything. I mean, I know I prefer right. the, the, the third of a cent we get paid per, per stream and everything, but yeah, and I don't know when... Um, I don't know when this, uh, like, as people are listening to this podcast, it's probably January at this point. We're filming it in and recording it in November. Um, but hopefully the yeah, album that's, is that's, out by the time people are hearing this. Yeah, podcast. that's my goal is to make sure we or can time it right along with the release so people can just literally just click off Spotify uh, from here and go straight over and listen to it. But, um, you know, I, uh, like I, I joke with my wife all the time when we're driving. I'm like, you know, probably like a half of all of Mark's Spotify streaming revenues come from us. <laughs> we made you like 15 whole it, bucks, dude. I really, really do. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, ah, and it's great. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I think we actually on. So, so one thing that might be confusing for people is that my name is Mark Cruz. 
And if you type in Mark Cruz, you will find an artist that's been active for 12 years named Mark Cruz. And that, that is me. And that's my instrumental guitar music. The music that we're talking about is a brand new project and it's called Mark Cruz on the Forest Floor. And my hair is a little bit longer in the picture. And I'm trying to look cool wearing a jean jacket and everything. And actually the, the photo that my wife took that is like the album cover, um, I'm not sure if that photo is up on Spotify, but I, I love that photo. And I felt like it was, um, I felt like it was the, the first photo of me that was ever really me. And I felt like I was looking at a person that loves himself. And that was my first time being able to say that. And that was, um, that, that's kind of why I went with that photo for the album cover. Um, but yeah, it's Mark Cruz on the forest floor. If people want to check that out and nobody knows how to spell Cruz. spelled <laughs> just like kangaroos without the anger. I love it. So okay, I, I want to unpack what yeah. you just said before we get into all of our questions that I ask all my guests. You said, felt like it was the first time that it was yeah. truly me and that I felt like it was like that actually somebody that I loved, right? Like you actually loved yourself. So knowing that that journey mm-hmm. for you is something that a lot of other people need to go through, maybe they can go through it a little bit easier if they've got a little bit of advice from you. So how can the guy who's like, man, I see the picture of myself and I hate who that is. How can he go from that place to the place where he sees that photo of himself and he's like, that's me. I like that guy. Yeah. I mean, what you just said of, um, what you just said of like, uh, I mean, I know that, you know, like, uh, I know that, uh, that feeling of, um, you know, one exercise that people will do sometimes is, and you've got to get to a certain point before you can successfully do this exercise. I don't think you can just go into this exercise. You can try it, but it can be pretty hard. And that's to look in the mirror and look yourself dead in the eye and say, I love you. And that's, there was definitely a time I wasn't able to do that. Like there was a time that, um, there, there, most of my life, I would say I've, I haven't liked myself. Um, and so that, you know, that resonates with me and it, um, it also just, you know, it pains me just, I think to know to, I mean, most of the people that you meet, I think, don't really like themselves. Um, you know, and that's, uh, it, it's hard to think about, you know, it's, it's difficult to think about. Um, I think it starts with presence. I think it starts with consciousness. Um, I think it starts with uh, the way to kind of define those is observing yourself. And when you're able to observe yourself, when you're able to observe the parts of you that maybe you don't like or the unsavory parts of yourself or when you're going into one of your habits, because most of our lives are just kind of lived in habits. That's just kind of we have mostly the same thoughts every day. Humans might have X number of thousands of thoughts a day, but they're really mostly the same thoughts. And they're just these kinds of loops. And I think the very first step is to observe those loops. Um, because when you observe them, when you kind of remove yourself and you say, oh, I'm angry right now. 
you know when let's say you are angry you're in your anger you're so you're so angry you know you're just so angry but when you can kind of remove yourself and look at that and observe and say hey i'm angry right now you know is that really me you know is that really me or is that just anger is that just something i'm feeling you know um it takes you a step out of being that feeling and i think that when you're able to do that more and more throughout the day um it's really really good now how do you do that like how do you get there because most people when they're angry they just sit in their anger and then they're just in that ego and they're just like there's no getting them out out of that they're just gonna have to sit and uh uh phrase I, I i don't i really don't like like swearing on these kinds of things but it's too good of a phrase they just sit in their shit you know um and and at that point like it it kind of is what it is but um but in terms of getting yourself to a point of being more present i would really suggest that people check out mindfulness meditation and it's a very 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 simple practice uh, and you can google it um in the christian church you know in the Christ, like the realm of christianity uh like some people will hear you know the phrase meditate the, the term meditation and kind of like freak out about it or something like that the idea uh because it is you know it's an it is an eastern philosophy it's an eastern practice you know we talk about um we, you know a lot of people think of uh buddhism when they think of meditation and um i think i personally think that buddhism is beautiful and i say that as a christian um but really what mindfulness meditation is in a nutshell is it's sitting there for 12 or 15 minutes and focusing on your breath and you allow thoughts to come up thoughts will come up and you let them pass and you observe those thoughts instead of going into the thoughts. And then you come back to the breath. And a lot of people, when they've tried this, I'm sure that at least some of the guys listening to this podcast right now have tried this before. And I almost guarantee that at least one of them is saying, oh, I've tried that before. I'm a terrible meditator. I get it. I get it. I thought the same thing. But the actual exercise is not in how good you are at keeping your mind silent for that time. My friend Carl explained this. It, it, it just, it was like a light bulb went off in my head when he explained this to me that each time you notice that your mind is wandering and that you should go back to the breath. Each time you bring yourself back to your breath, each time your mind wanders and you go, oh, I've got to do this and this and this today, or so-and-so was a real jerk to me the other day. Oh, bring it back to the breath. Each time, that's a bicep curl. Each time, it's a bicep curl for mindfulness, for observation, for presence, for consciousness. And when he explained that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, nobody is actually bad at meditation. That's that's not really a thing. It's an exercise. It truly is a muscle that you have to build. That's where I would start as far as that goes, because further down the line, when you find yourself telling yourself those things that you tell yourself every day about how you don't love yourself, how I wish I were this. I wish I were more skinny. I wish I were more muscular. I wish I were more of a man. When you're able to be conscious of those and you're able to see those and go, wait, is that me? Is that true? 
that's something that my father told me? Is that something I really believe? Is that something that a teacher told me in the second grade that was one of the most traumatic experiences that I've ever experienced and it's stuck with me for all that time? Oh my God, I have feelings that I have to feel surrounding this. That can get pretty deep pretty fast uh, and it can be very, very helpful for people. You know, when you describe mindfulness in that way, and didn't look at it as exercise. What I think about, you know, if, if you talk about the Christian tradition, there's a scripture that talks about taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. You know? And that's very much what you're doing is you're saying, okay, mm-hmm. what am I actually thinking here? And where does this belong? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a perfect verse as well, Josh. Thank you. Like well, that, it, it that just, is really, that's what I was picturing yeah, as you were describing excellent. it. And I think, yeah, I think that people can get, you know, people can can see that something came from somewhere they don't like and then assume that that thing is bad when really in reality all it is is it's just, you know, you can filter it through and you can say, okay, I don't want to use it the way that it's used by people who don't agree with me. But what they're doing makes sense, you know, like I, I can go eat. I can go eat Indian food and that doesn't make me a Hindu, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, Indian food is fantastic, but yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to, I think within all of that, um, you know, we've been taught a lot of things and we've been taught to put our pastors up on a pedestal and, you know, you're, you're the husband of a pastor and Zoe is phenomenal. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, it's very, very uh, important. You know, I was raised in the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, okay, LCMS. And um, nothing wrong with, with that. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody on here that, that's LCMS or LCMS raised. Um, and we were very much raised with the idea that pastor, pastor is right next to God. He is right up there with God and just on such a high pedestal. And when we put our leaders on this pedestal, it, it's very easy to forget that they're also very, very human. And I think that the idea of, of questioning authority, I think the idea of asking questions, the idea of uh, questioning the things that we're taught is, is very, very important. One, for ourselves, but also for what we're questioning. Because if we question it and it holds up, it's that much more powerful, you know, it's that much, much more true for us. Um, and to me, I, I think that the, the big, my, my own personal opinion with everything to look at is to ask if it's rooted in love and if it's rooted in love, um, it's, uh, gosh, it's, um, I, I believe it's, it's John, um, you know, in the idea that, uh, he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And that's not a verse that I was ever taught, you know, growing up in the church that, um, you know, if a person abides in love, then they're abiding in God and God is within them. Um, that's, that's pretty powerful to me. And so if something is rooted in love, um, I really believe yeah, God. I think we that. all reflect even the ones that we disagree with are the ones even that maybe even reject God. I think we all reflect that we're made in that image and it's there. So yeah, for sure. Hey man, uh, mm-hmm. now's a great time to 
get into my favorite part of our, part of every interview where I get to ask the same three questions to everybody. And so, uh, I, I like to get different perspectives and I've yeah. actually asked you these questions before, so we might get different responses or we might look back and see that it's the same thing. And that's okay because we've had a lot of guests. It might be. I bet they'll probably be different. You, you, I remember you threw me for, for a loop with, with them when we, uh, when That's we asked right. them the last time, now I sort of know what's coming, but I don't, um, I, we, and we talked about this before the interview too, that it was a year and a half ago. And I know that I've grown and, or I, and I've changed in the last year and a half. And I think people tend to, I think people tend to like, look at the idea of changing beliefs as, or, changing perspective as like that's a bad thing or something you know what i mean like like as a weakness as a um as a well that's not what you said 10 years ago right. and it's like dude i was 27 <laughs> like like i right. hope i grew since i was 27 you know that kind of that that kind of stuff um so anyway yeah please ask away that i i hope awesome. i i hope I maybe i'll make a reel and i'll compare them I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll cancel Mark Cruz. <laughs> cancel Mark Cruz. Oh, okay, no, the I first question, man, is what does it take to be a man? Um, I think recently in letting people be, um, letting people be themselves. And in that, um, allowing myself to be myself. Um, and so I think that, I think a lot of being a man is getting to know yourself and consciously choosing to grow. Um, yeah, I think that's where I am right now in, in that answer is that, that a lot of it, and I, I don't, I don't put, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I put more of it in the idea of, um, like of being an adult of, of coming into, you know, like the, that, I think that's the case for, for women as well is the idea of if you're going to be an, if you're going to be a grown up or whatever, uh, or like, if we're saying, what does it take to be a man versus being a boy? It's, I think it's consciously choosing to grow. And in that, uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of stumbling into my answer here too. responsibility, taking responsibility um, for the circumstances of your life, but also having the grace for others who maybe aren't ready to take responsibility. There's a lot of that idea of bootstraps, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, take responsibility for the circumstances of your life. And I'm saying hold yourself to that, but like the idea of trying to expect anybody else to hold to that, you got to have grace with people. Oh, and God, that's another one. Just having grace with people, giving people grace. I always define grace as receiving a gift that you didn't necessarily do to earn anything, you know, like, um, and so the more grace that you can give to people, the more understanding, the more just love regardless of if they're going to love you in return. Um, the more you can do that for other people. Um, good stuff, man. I think I really I appreciate think that. It was good. It was a good thought. Yeah. Thank when it comes you, to grace. Yeah. We've got to, 
got to be able to give it. And the reason we give it is because the day will come when we need it for ourselves too, you know? So, and we've already been given so much, you mm-hmm. know, how many, yeah. how many, you know, it's easy to look at your life and be like, Oh man, mm-hmm. I've got every, I, I earned everything I have. Well, did you really, <laughs> did you really, you know, and if you don't see that anybody did then you need to work on your gratitude so yeah. uh mark let's say you can suspend the laws yeah. of time and physics and go back to the year where you were 10 years old and you can talk to 10 year old beardless mark what do you want him to know it's it's kind of funny like the time machine thing is like a little funny to me um, because don't get me wrong, like there's, um, you know, there's a huge part of me that wants to go back and say, hey, dude, invest in Google, you know, or something like that. You know, obviously those kinds of things would be great. But I um, that was right before that was right before what's been kind of the hardest time in my life, which is around the seventh grade. And I was, you know, really bullied a lot and adolescent hit, adolescence hit. And I. um I, I cared for the first time what other people thought of me. I cared about this idea of status. I cared about being with the cool kids. And I'd love to go back to that 10-year-old Mark and say, uh, don't worry about what other people think. But I also know that the whole roundabout life lesson in that and the way that I've grown through that uh, because it's, that's been a thing my entire life has been caring about what other people think, but the number of lessons that I've learned by working through that, uh, has been, been pretty valuable. So I don't even know if I give that up. It's, it's interesting too, though, with the time machine thing, when you look at, have you, you've heard, do you talk yeah, about the concept yeah, of like we'll inner child that. work at all? Yeah. So the idea that, well, that 10-year-old boy isn't actually in the past. That 10-year-old boy (laughs) is still in here somewhere. And so, like, to be able to, and oftentimes in meditation, to bring yourself down into your heart space, you know, focus on that area in your chest and uh, to go in and spend some time with that 10 year old boy and don't make it a what if scenario, like what if we had a time machine, but to make it a real life now scenario of going and spending some time with that 10 year old boy. How does, how does Mark feel in the fifth grade? How's he doing in the fifth grade? What's he about to go into when he goes into the sixth and seventh grade and all of that. And um, to, to comfort that kid to in in a way it's almost a way of kind of reparenting yourself of like well what are what are the things i wish an adult had said to me in that time what are the things i wish my parents had known that i'd been going through and you know and it's like well well you've got an adult right here it's you you've got an adult right here go tell that 10 year old you know go tell that 10 year old um you know what he needs to hear excellent that's really good stuff man I, uh, yeah, I can see that. That's really good. Yeah. Thank you don't you. have to suspend the laws of time and physics to have that conversation. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still, a all right. Question. So last question, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? 
Um, get to know yourself, you know, I think, um, I think get to know yourself. And within that, I think, um, that is, that is your strengths. But I think a lot of the time the strengths are pretty easy. You know I mean? We don't like to brag or anything, but I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us are aware of our strengths, even if we don't want to give ourselves credit for them. I think, I think it's more about um, taking a look at the weaknesses, some that we're aware of and some that we're unaware of, but the ones that we're aware of and being conscious of them. And in some cases, try to see where they come from, you know, try to see, uh, and this can be something done in meditation of to kind of go in and say, well, you know, I was, I was kind of a jerk today. What was that from? Because I don't tend to believe that most feelings that we have are new feelings. I don't really believe in new feelings. No, I think most of our feelings have been sticking around for a while. I think most of our feelings have been sticking around for years. They're old feelings. They've come from, they've come from our traumas of childhood. We talked about this last time, the idea of trauma that, you know, it sounds so dramatic. You know, everybody has them when we, um, so a really word that, that's become, I think, pretty unkind in, um, in, in circles has been the word triggered. You know, we'll say, oh, so-and-so is triggered. And um, what that really means, though, because people will use it to, you know, to, to be like, oh, you're, fe- you know, you're feeling your feelings too much, you know, like, like you're being a pansy, that kind of stuff. But really what a trigger is, is it's an uncon- uncontrolled emotional response. And so when somebody feels triggered, that's an old emotion that really doesn't have to do with that it doesn't really have to do with the thing that your wife or your friend just said that made you kind of offended but it's that kind of welling up inside of you of just like it's an old emotion that's really probably actually something from childhood and so in your meditations in your time by yourself can you observe those kinds of things within you probably after the fact at first you're probably not going to be able to catch yourself in the moment of being triggered when you first start out with it but can you observe those times that you're triggered can you after you kind of cool down can you take your some time to yourself later that day ask yourself why you were triggered ask yourself what did that really come from that wasn't really the thing that my friend said that was that was what was that where was that from and sit with yourself in silence. You can, if you're uncomfortable with the term meditation, make it a prayer. Ask God, ask God, say, hey, what does, where did this come from? Can you please tell me and show you, show me? Can you show me if there's anything that I need to feel from that time that maybe I didn't feel? And can I, can I forgive that moment? Can I forgive myself in this moment that happened today? Can I forgive that trauma that happened then? The answer might be no. <laughs> it, it might be no. Some people have gone through some really, really tough trauma. Those kinds of things take work. Sometimes sometimes therapy can be really, really helpful for people. I'm in therapy uh, right now. Um, I found that my insurance covered it this year. I was like, yeah, I'm going to hop on that. And it's, you know, it's incredibly helpful. Um, but yeah, those kinds of things, I ultimately call that working on yourself um so and when you do that you you're consciously choosing to grow you're consciously choosing to work towards being the best version of yourself 
and ultimately i think you're moving towards closer and closer i uh, to tell people all the time if you don't deal with your crap your crap will deal with you <laughs> yeah Ooh, that's another that's really what, good what one what people do is they i like that a lot i, I do it you know there's all kinds of crap that i didn't deal with and you know what that's where the extra weight comes from that's where the habits come from that's where the the bad attitudes come from is because yeah you leave stuff laying around long enough it's going to take over and you become a hoarder on the inside, you know, if you don't deal yeah. with that stuff. Yeah. And a lot of it, I think the, the big word that it comes back to, and, and I would specifically say this, I think for men, but, but also women, because I, I'm, I know women that struggle with it as well. I think the word that I come back to is vulnerability. Being vulnerable. We, we usually think of that as being vulnerable with others, but what we're talking about here is being vulnerable with yourself you know, being vulnerable with yourself, being willing to kind of face those things that we kind of talked to that away. <laughs> I, I've approached some things in the past couple of years that I never thought I'd have to look at again, you know? Um, and it's, it's not easy, but it's usually easier than you think it's going to be. It's, it's pretty uncomfortable to dive into sometimes though. And to be able to look at vulnerability as a strength instead of a weakness is um that that's some that's some significant that'll bring some significant excellent growth excellent back. stuff mark i really appreciate you i i like that we can have a conversation that is a little bit about the music <laughs> yeah we really and, didn't and, talk about the music yeah, that well, much, the music speaks we? for itself uh, though <laughs> that's the good thing um and so you know if, if our guys are listening and they want to connect you, with man. this music and they want to connect with what you're doing what's the best way man um, so yeah, it, it's something that I'm, I, I'm, I'm present on all social media platforms. Uh, I, I guess I don't do a whole lot on Twitter, but like the Instagram, Facebook, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do a different social media account for this project. But I think my, my Facebook, I've been at it for 12 years. We're at like several, several followers on the Facebook. So I'll probably keep the same Facebook for uh, for this project. And it's Mark Cruz, K-R-O-O-S. Uh, by that time, I might make it Mark Cruz official. Uh, as we're doing this interview, it's it's Mark Cruz dash acoustic guitarist. But the main thing is how to spell Cruz, K-R-O-O-S. The new project where I spout out all of my feelings in the form of words is called Mark Cruz and the Forest Floor. You can find it on uh, Spotify, on Apple Music, on all of your streaming platforms. Um, and the, the route that I go to promote this music is still pretty undecided. I don't know if it's going to be a lot of video content or if it's, um, I've really been enjoying for the past year writing these just long form posts on Facebook about my feelings and, um, just the stuff that we're talking about today. Um, but a lot of, a lot of my music reflects a lot of that. A lot of the, the things, the words that I write are a lot about my, my own self-growth and development. Uh, just as a person becoming, uh, you know, who I am as a, as a man, as a husband, um, just as a person. Uh, and I think that that uh, journey towards uh, learning to love myself 
That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. We're going to link it up in the show notes as well. So uh, our guys can check it out and connect with you and everybody go and listen to this music like a thousand times so that Mark can make like 30 cents. It would be worth it. (laughs) For real. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I, I can't, you know, I can't emphasize enough how much this, this album um, with the, the vocals and the, the alt country vibe is, is truly been my passion project. And I'm, I'm really, really excited to get it out. So no I, I really appreciate you having me on the show. For Any time to, to have I a really chance really to unpack and unwind that, and talk about stuff with you is a good chance. So, man, like I just, you, you know, when you came up, it was fun we because, really you know, yes, we sat down and recorded a podcast, but I think like, cause you were still like, you stayed with us for a couple of days and you had a couple other shows in the area and you'd come back and it'd be in the middle of the night and we'd sit there and stay up until two in the morning mm-hmm. talking. And I felt so bad cause I'm like, this dude has to drive like a long way and he didn't get any sleep and it's all my fault. So I'm glad you didn't. No, I'm pretty good at telling people that I have to go to bed, but like when you're on tour, man, like, like, especially night after a concert, like the, the, I mean, like after the concert, I'm, I mean, I drank an energy drink at 7 PM at that point, you know, like if, if I think I'm going to be sleeping well, like, you know, I got another thing coming. Like, yeah, it just isn't going to happen. So um, I try to take care of myself on tour, uh, but I'm, I'm not always, you know, it's, it's a lesson, you know, it's a lesson that I still need to, to get a little bit better at, especially as I'm getting older and everything, the tours are spring tour. It was the first tour that Nora did with me since the pandemic and Nora, you know, Nora's got her own job now. She works for a therapist doing office work. And so she was working while we were on the road. And, you know, she's driving some of the time. I'm driving most of the time. And, I mean, to be fair, too, it was Midwest in April. Like, not not really, like, where you want to be in April, preferably. The concerts were great. The people were great. But, like, it wore us out. Like, we, I felt like we needed two months to recover after that, you know. So, um, but it is what it is. You're always learning. You're always learning, you know, better ways of, of doing things. And, uh, you know, I, I can't do the eight hour drives and play a concert as well as I used to, you know, doing all that in a day that used to kind of be my rule as my limit was like, I can drive eight hours and play a concert. I can do that. And now it's kind of like, <laughs> can you Mark, is that really like, you know, that's amazing. Um, well, Hey, if you guys yeah. are listening and, uh, you know, go to Mark Cruz's website for sure and check him on the social. If you see him playing near you, cancel your plans and go see it because it's a great show. All right, man. I appreciate you being on the show, man. You're awesome. Thanks Good a stuff. lot, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. Josh, if you want to edit out the part that I said about not being in the Midwest in April, I was not <laughs> aware we were still doing the podcast at that point. But it also pre- – <laughs> and and <laughs> if you want to just keep all of this then and just let me say say i i grew up in the midwest so it's okay <laughs> for me to say that kind of it was a great tour it's it was cold. an awesome tour but it's cold and it's cloudy yes. and it's windy in the midwest in the April. people in the midwest are and great to be around all I year love the long people, you know but right <laughs>
all year long the entire time but man awesome man well good luck on this new album i'm hoping that uh hoping that it really takes off i think it will because it's great stuff man thank you man i i hope it does too um i realized a while back that if i if i get this done and nobody listens to it it doesn't matter because i had to get it done you know it was like I had, it was just like, no, you got to get it done for you. And in some ways it was kind of the first thing, the first piece of art that I've done where it's like, this isn't like for, I'm not doing this for anybody else to hear it. You know, I'm doing it cause I've got to do it. You know, <laughs> it's here and it's just got to come out. Awesome. So, well, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it really it. is from the heart. Cool. Thanks a lot, Josh. I appreciate you having me on. Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Guys, take a look at the links in the show notes. Let's go show him some support and and listen to this new album. We can stream it wherever you can listen to albums, or you can actually go purchase it, and that will help his musical career even more than than the streams. But let's let's show some support for for Mark Cruz and the amazing talent that he's got. And uh, yeah, if you like this episode, share it with somebody. Uh, I know Mark, uh, Mark interacts with his fans pretty regularly. So go follow him on social media. Uh, give him thumbs up on all of his videos and comment. Let him know where you heard about him. And let's help Mark spread the word about this awesome project he's working on. Anyway, guys, I love you. I'm proud of you. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manlyhood Mancast. If you want to be a better husband, father, leader, a better man, you need to join our private Facebook group, The Manlyhood Man Cave. Join today. Please help us out with a like, comment, share, and subscribe. And check us out at manlyhood.com.